Hi, my name is Antonia Dominguez. And I'm Linda Coogan. And you're listening to Wine, the long and the short of it. In proud partnership with Give Wine a Future. How well do you know your wines? From the simple to the complex, from acidity to Symphondel. Welcome to Wine, the long and the short of it. My name is Antonia Dominguez, the long. And my name is Linda Coogan, the short. Between us, we have over 30 years collective experience in wine buying, wine retail and wine education. Every week we discuss a topic, product or trend from the world of wine. What are we doing in this episode, Linda? Wine heroes, Antonia. What do you think of that? Great. Okay, yeah. Some of my wine heroes, not not just you, you know. (laughs) You mean I'm not your only one? (laughs) Actually, this kind of touches on on an episode that we did before, wasn't it, um women warriors in, in the wine industry or I can't remember what we called it. I think it, it was not celebrating women in wine. No, it was, it was season one. So I think I would have, or two, I don't know. Okay. Um, well, I would have touched on a lot of my personal wine heroes, I think in that episode, but sure, look, we'll, 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 hopefully people will have forgotten all about that. <laughs> don't mind a bit of repetition. No, I, I'll try not to repeat, but why don't we kick off with one of yours? Okay. Um, I have, I actually went down a big rabbit hole looking into this because I was thinking of people who would I talk about and then I got really into finding more and more people. So it's the same. Were you? Yeah. Okay. And I bet you we don't have the same people. No. It'd be interesting if we do because we haven't kind of yeah. discussed it. But my first guy is um, Fergal Tynum, Master of Wine. Mm-hmm. You've heard of him. I have. I've have. been on, um, we had a, a session, an MW session with him actually. Oh, did you? Yeah. I didn't know. I thought it was just uh, his other... Little partner in crime, Giles Cook. I thought it was just yeah, him, him as well. He's too. brilliant. Okay. The two of them are great, aren't they? So Fergal um, founded Tissel Down Wines mm-hmm. um, in Australia um, in 2010, and I recently had one of their wines, gorgeous Grenache, and I just thought it was amazing. They're fantastic. So I just went down a little rabbit hole, and he has Alliance uh, Wine Importer business in the UK, but they have some wines that are in the market here. And I just think everything that I've tried that he's made has been absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so basically he is really trying to get behind lesser known regions and um, he's a small business and it le- allows them to be choosy about where they pick to to grow vineyards. He's a winemaker as well as an importer. So he's got a lot going on, like he travels all over the place um, and he's really into getting people to drink less but better quality. Yeah. I think that that's really important. Yeah. Um, and um, yes, there is a huge demand, he was saying recently in an article, for better quality and more interesting and appealing packaging, mm-hmm. um, and which is exciting because um, it gives people a broader range of styles from different places. So I just... yeah. I just really like him. He's a very nice guy. I met him at an event here about two, maybe three years ago. And he just is really humble and nice. And you know where um, one of his favourite wine regions in the world is? Go on. Hereth. Oh, yay. <laughs> and also no surprise. for lazy, hazy days is what he says about that. Lazy, hazy and Ribera Sacra um, for its sheer dramatic intensity. Yeah, And that's that. where recently I was just saying that was one of my favourite pictures yeah. of me there as well. So I kind of thought he kind of had something to he do with the out. two of us, you know. God, yeah, yeah. Well, no, but I have to say about Fergal, he, he very much, it's very much a partnership with, with Giles at yeah. Thistledown. Um, 
And they're brilliant. And as you say, they're both really, really humble people. Yeah. We had a session with Giles in, in the UK um, as part of the seminar there. And he did a whole masterclass on Grenache and himself, um, Giles and Fergal, they're trying to champion Grenache mm-hmm. and just making stunning wines with that great variety. And they're all into working really closely with their growers and um, and yeah, you said the gorgeous Grenache and mm-hmm. it only go- gets better from there. They go on as you go into the, the premium um the premium wines in the same range. I have to say, I think they used to have like their packaging is quite original, but yeah. I think I don't know if it if it worked for the market, I think, because they're stunning wines, but I don't think they have as much traction as they could have. And I think they recently changed their labels. They they have really ornate kind of colourful characters and things like the yeah. Great Escape Chardonnay. Like that's really yeah. <laughs> a quirky, mad looking label and everything. But they've got great names. And, the yeah. Cunning Man and all this kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But I definitely agree with you there. Um, that's one to highlight for yeah, sure. Just thought. Nice man. Yeah. Um, I suppose in a similar vein, uh, one of mine is Pedro Parra. I've talked about him before in his wines. He's a Chilean guy. And um, he, he, like he just he makes really unique, interesting wines. But he has a PhD in terroir from the Paris um, Centre of Agriculture, and he's all into terroir and precision viticulture and geology. And uh, he consults now with winemakers and viticulturists from all around the world, including you know France, Chile, his home country, the US, and Armenia. And um, he's just really highly regarded. He believes that geology translates directly into the high quality of a wine. So he says like rocks matter most. Like that's his big takeaway from, you know, distilled into a few words from all the years studying in France. And uh, he, um, how he works is he, he wherever he is and whatever winery he, he he's or he's collaborating with, he digs holes in the vineyards and he climbs into them. And he's trying to see like, you know, things like the shapes of the roots and, you know, the space around the roots and, you know, the level of air and the soil and so on. Yeah, it's really, he's a really fascinating guy. And um, he kind of describes, he has metaphors, a lot, he uses a lot of metaphors, but he, 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 like in terms of how the geology type of the soil or the rocks in the soil uh, influence wine quality, he'd say things like, um, he describes granite, Dominant wines hitting the palate at the front of the mouth, while limestone dominant wines are particularly long and show exceptional minerality. Mm. So, yeah, he really is very specific and I admire him because, do you know, this whole thing about um, terroir and soil type and how it influences a wine quality. It's really, you know, how we say like the Kimmeridgean limestone or chalky soils of, say, the, you know, Champagne or Burgundy influences and, and, and provides that kind of crisp you know, that minerality in the wine. Um, it's very hard to prove scientifically that connection. And I just, like, it's like he's really, that's his, um, I suppose, his, his his quest. That's his MO is to sort of make that connection. Um, and he makes brilliant wines. He has really unique wines and you can you can get them in most markets. But I mean, the only thing is they're quite plain to look at. Have you seen them? The black and white, they're no. just black and white labels. And they're... It, they have names that can be difficult for consumers to pronounce. So Imaginador. Um, and was, that's one with Sanso. So he works with a lot of native varieties okay. in Chile. And he has Vinista, which is made with Pais grape variety, which is also kind of being revived. Yeah, you know, like you would know what they are. Grapes people don't know at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. 
So, yeah. He's, so you think he's one to watch? I think he's definitely, I mean, he's very much on the map as a mm-hmm. leader in terroir and in soil types. And, um, you know, he's he's really sought, sought after as a consultant winemaker, as well as being a winemaker in his own right. And he uses restaurants a lot in his metaphors. And he says, he says, um, when a vine is young, life is easy and they're addicted to McDonald's for the first 15 years of their life. After <laughs> that... Uh, and if it's in a good terroir, it's dug far enough to earn a seat at a Michelin restaurant, he says, unless that is irrigation feeds it too much water, which invites the vine to stay at McDonald's. <laughs> Isn't that mad? Okay. Yeah. So he's really interesting. So he's, yeah, he's one of mine. That What's I, his name again? Pedro Parra. Pedro Parra. Yeah. Well, Parra. Pa- oh, no, I can't do it. Let me stop. Um, do you know what? Yeah. I was going to mention something about soil as well. Oh, yeah. Go on. For the first time ever, Linda talks about soil. Soil. Yeah. Go on. Limestone. What Same. about it? Um, Paula Gonzalez. I hope Paula right. Gonzalez. Okay. In um, Pyros. Arge- yes. Pyros in Argentina. Mm-hmm. Um, so she is another little hero of mine. I didn't get the opportunity to meet her last year, but she was here in Ireland doing a masterclass about her wines that are hugely award winning. She has joined the team um, in November 2019 and she is their head winemaker. And she's just really um, passionate about, again, the the soil, the limestone that's Mm -hmm. there um, in that vineyard area that really she is... um, Again, thinks it's why it makes the wine so special in mm-hmm. the area. We're talking about Malbec here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and her wines have won, like we've spoken about Tim Atkin as well, good friend of ours, um, who <laughs> really, really raves about her wines. He thinks they're unbelievable. So he gave her wine, the Paris Single Vineyard, 96 points. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And um, she was, uh, na- the, one of her wines, the Pyrus Limestone Hill Malbec 2018, was awarded the best wine of Argentina in the Mundus Venice 2022 competition. Okay. So, you know I what I mean? Tasted just, them. Yeah, now some of them are expensive, but they're basic Pyrus Malbec that you can get in decent um, yeah. independence would be about 25 quid. And I just think it's, it's such quality. It's so complex. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're just really worth seeking out. And I think she is definitely one to watch. She studied in Spain as well. And she's now there in um, Argentina. Cool. Doing a load of amazing things. Go, so, Paula. Go, Paula. Go, Paula. Okay. Um, I, I was going to say, rather than just picking out single individuals, mm-hmm. I wanted to also sort of highlight, you know, groups within the industry, you know, people who are doing things maybe in the un- unsung categories of, of people in the wine industry. So okay. one that came to mind to me recently because I was in uh, Rioja last week. Mm-hmm. No, this week. <laughs> and uh, it I was like weeks ago. I know it does. And uh, we, we were visiting some of our wineries and uh, and there was a in one of the wineries we went to, they did a bit of a video because we went with all the store managers about, you know, the process and from, you know, when the grapes are picked right through to the to the bottling of the wine. And um, and there was a, a piece on it about you know, Coopers who make barrels. Coopers are the guys who, who the people who make barrels. And um, they are really the unsung heroes because it's such physical labour to make a barrel. Why are you looking at me like this? I just didn't know where you were going. I know, I know. But interesting. It is interesting because um, remember I went to Burgundy t- 
to spend a few days with Roisin with Curly. Yeah. And Roisin brought me to her Coopers mm-hmm. uh, in San Roman in Burgundy. And they're called the Tunnelerie Francois Frere. Um, but they're really well known. They basically provide barrels for, for like all of your top chateau in France and, and beyond. They provide the barrels to lots of Californian producers and so on. They're a huge outfit. And we had like a really deep dive into like they were there. It was it was a working day. We had to put our gear on and go through as they're well, they you know, there's such a process involved in making a barrel. You know, you start off with seasoning the wood. Like never mind going out and getting the wood, first of all. Mm-hmm. And they source, you know, wood from from everywhere, not just France, but Hungary, from Scotland, from California, from Australia. And I think it's actually an interesting topic to get into in more detail another time in terms of how it influences the wine, whether the wood is fine grained, whether it's, you know, tight grained or open grained, um, as I say, the size of the barrel and all of that. Um, But they start by seasoning the wood, (laughs) which means leaving it, leaving the staves out in the elements for, they say, at minimum two years if you want to prevent any sort of leakage problems. Stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when when you walked up to the premises, there were... um, you know, stacks and stacks and stacks of staves just out there in the open air. And what they say is that the wood needs rain and wind for seasoning. The combination makes the oak leach out any bad tannins and protects the outside of the staves later. So they say minimum, if you're a quality cooper, you're seasoning your staves for two years minimum. And they said like shortcuts uh, will lead to bad tannins in your wine, which is very interesting. And then once they bring the staves into the coo- into the cooperage, they you know, they have all the fires going just right there in the middle of the floor, like these <laughs> roaring fires. And the first fire is is for like about ten to fifteen minutes to bend the staves. Right. Then the barrel is closed. You know they put the lid on it or whatever on one side, and then they put it under another fire for the toasting. And as you know. Um, your barrels will be toasted to a greater or lesser extent, depending on what the producer is looking for, because, um, the, you know, they say toasting kills the tannin and makes the wine longer, smoother, more complex. So they have all these options, light, uh, light, long, medium, medium, long, medium plus and heavy. That's all the different levels of toasting you I, can have. That's I, I'm really surprised that you're yeah. talking about this. I definitely want to know more about this because I yeah. think like I, you're, you're obviously rubbing off me. Your nerdness has rubbed uh, off yeah. on me. Um, honestly, I find this really interesting. Yeah, no, because it is. I was only talk. I only taught a cl- class yesterday, a wine appreciation half day course, mm-hmm. and you know, again, they don't like Chardonnay, anything but Chardonnay, because they had these bad wines, right? Really oaky, and then we explained the stainless steel, and then the teabagging of oak chips. Please and use that term. And instead of the proper barrels that you're talking about, that takes two years to even toast yeah. the season, the mm-hmm. the wood. And obviously that's going to be an expensive, yep. an investment for a winery. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, again, where I was last year, um, maybe this year, I can't remember. Um, but again, we saw these fabulous barrels and they had X's on them. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically there's something wrong with this barrel don't mm. fill it you know and yep. they 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 were really 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 old barrels but they maintain them yeah. they don't just throw them out because they're h- huge cost huge and a cost, big yeah. big um, investment I want to know more about this okay. but anyway so you're just saying them um, collectively saying, as a job well done well like, done because okay. as I was going around I bet around, you they don't get a shout out and <laughs> no they do because they, they, they're, they're hammering away they're trying to like so there's stations within the cooperage like there's you know so every guy has and their station and, there, well like, when I was there there were at least 
20, 30 people no there. Way. Yeah. And it's so repetitive and it's so yeah. physical. And they're putting the staves together and they have a hammer and they're, you know, they're, they're banging away trying to level them. And then they put this ring around them and then they have to, like, there's a real art technique, to it yeah, and yeah. a technique to it. And it's, and then, you know, the guy who's toasting is over there and the guy who's then, you know, washing it out and the guy who's, you know, blowing the to- the char off them. And there's all these steps and it's, and it's, they're going, de- like, they're going like nonstop all day. Can you so imagine physical. the smell? Yeah, like it's real char or toast, yeah. toast in the air. Yeah, Because yeah. when yeah. my partner worked in Cabri's for a while, I came home with a cocoa bean. <laughs> like, oh my God, can you imagine smelling a toast the whole time? Toasty Did he smell a chocolate? Yeah, time? yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant. Um, that's funny. Yeah. Okay. So Coopers, I want to give them a shout out. Well done, Coopers. Yeah. We enjoy your quality work. Yeah, we, we do. We enjoy some nice, fabulous wines. Well, so as thanks. you say, there's so many shortcuts out there. Yeah. Not just, you know, like the use of oak chips or stay mm-hmm. or staves is a shortcut but mm-hmm. I mean you're never going to get the same result you know of course in terms not. of quality that's what I was telling the people yesterday and I think oh, they realised it yeah good um, who else have I got I have a lady Mary Powell yeah we met her great like, yeah I'm going to say a year ago not sure if we gave her a mention before no we were I going to interview her because yeah. she's fascinating yeah hopefully we will still yeah um, but I think I'm going to talk about her but if we get the opportunity to interview her we definitely will as well uh huh um, so she is a lady. Um, I have quite a few notes on her now. So um, herself and her husband, Ivan, I'm going to tell you a bit about her. OK, so apparently on her website, it says I drove to France in the purple van in 97. 1997. 1997. Is that when she started? Uh, committed to sourcing and importing organic wines from Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, from small family owned vineyards. Um, in the early years, people thought she was mad, basically. Right. You know, this is 25 years ago, mm-hmm. 26 years ago now that, uh, you know, they thought she was completely bananas. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, look at things. Everyone is looking for organic and biodynamic and all that. So she was a complete hero and a leader of this. So she tries to get them. Uh, so most of her wines are fully, her her portfolio is only organic yeah, and biodynamic. Is that fully right? certified organic, and many of them are biodynamic as well. Okay. But she like going from doing that from. Do you know where she lives? Where Cork, isn't it? Ken Mare, like Ken Mare West. I'm going to say the middle of the nowhere. Back of beyond, yeah. Compared to people like going off and an important God, her organic even getting wines. down to out. Going to a wine region for her is a logistical nightmare. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Like how long does it take to get down? I don't hours know. and hours. Anyway, so fair play to her. But um, here I want to tell you that John Wilson uh, wrote mm-hmm. about her a few years ago. So John ago Wilson well. is a, a, a very renowned wine journalist in Ireland, just uh, for people who don't know who he is. Who doesn't know John? Yeah, I know, people I know. outside Ireland. Outside Ireland. Ireland. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but John um, interviewed uh, Mary a while ago. Um, a couple of years ago, actually, and was saying that they're so nice. The couple are just so, so lovely. Um, and again, that they set up to bring um, organic wine to Ireland, mm-hmm. which they have. And there's it's obviously only available in independence. I'm, I'm laughing at what he said in their thing. He said, you can buy some of the wines from them. Mm-hmm. They're obviously smaller production from family, uh, small family Farmyard, yeah, farmers, yeah, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but he says that you can make an order if they have Wi-Fi, if they have a connection where they are, because As they're so far away, <laughs> and that they're not often in Kenmare. They spent most of their time in France. That's why. Oh, uh, okay. remember we met her, and she I was do. heading off to France. She was heading off to France. Yeah. Um, 
I really admire that because commercially that's a nightmare. Imagine trying to do that. So like back then when yeah, everyone then. thought you were bananas. But now look, you know, yeah. everyone wants it. And she said that um, sustainable sustainability, once a preferred option, is now crucial. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I love her. Yeah, no, she's I really want to gorgeous interview person. Her. Yeah, we'll we'll but try to make that happen. I'd say she's amazing stories to tell. I know. I'd love insight. to just uh, get in that purple van and head off to, to well, France with <laughs> the one she set off on in '97. Love it. Uh, yeah. Okay, another group to to shout out to. Wine educators, so important, and I mean that includes wine it's writers me as well. Sorry, that includes you, <laughs> Linda. Of course, top of the heap. Um. <laughs> So important um, in terms of, you know, informing consumers and, and bringing them closer to to wines and, and to helping people understand wines and to helping us all on our journey, to be honest with you. But it's a sort of a thankless job. I mean, there is um, a, a guy in Ireland who is just you and I both know him. He, he is a wine writer. He wrote for some of the newspapers here, but he's mainly a wine educator. And uh, his name is Liam Campbell. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he's just such a gorgeous guy. He comes from Mayo, from a little village in the west of Ireland. And uh, uh, you know, he's he's brilliant because he's so he's he's so informed and mm-hmm. like he's a wealth of knowledge and he has taught like the likes of um Roisin Curley, MW, Barbara Boyle, MW, all these people who went on to be masters right. of wine, you know, we're, 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 we're taught by Liam, you know, and they go on to to to, to all these big and brave endeavours. And, you know, Liam goes about his, his he's so he's humble, so humble and his, yeah, his, he just goes about his. We could totally his, sit down here and just listen to stories. You could actually just record him and to just, listen to have millions of stories. T- tons of stories. Yeah. So people like him, people like, I suppose, more well-known names, Tim Atkin and another wine educator in, in Ireland. And I think, again, like has done trojans of work for, for, people, you know, who are who are learning for the academic world is Maureen O'Hara, who has her, you know, premier wine training. And all of us have done a stint with Maureen. Mm-hmm. So she's she's fantastic. When she's, Very unassuming. When she's stuck, I, I stand in for some of her lectures. So does Liam actually yeah. as well. And she's, oh, she's just so showing lovely. off, Linda. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> these people could have been taught by me as well, you know. <laughs> um, but more well known, I suppose, Tim Atkin. I mean, you know, he does an Insta Live Every Sunday, if you follow him on Instagram, he um, he always interviews a winemaker on a Sunday. And they're like big names, Laura Catena, Chester Osborne, you know, all these amazing winemakers. And and he's just he's a lovely way about him. He does. Um, if you subscribe to his email list, you get a little newsletter. Yeah, he, he, you know, he's great. He's a fantastic wine writer, award winning wine writer. Um, so Tim is great. He does all these reports every year for Wines of Rioja, Wines of Argentina. Um, and even like you could, the list goes on. Chances Robinson, I know like she's not just a wine educator or a wine writer, but, you know, she's really paved the way. She but she w- didn't they just release a new encyclopedia? Yeah. Another edition of it like that. Yeah. Imagine like the Jan- work. It's the work. Have you seen the Oxford Companion to Wine? <laughs> the, uh, as, as well, she obviously it's isn't. It's the height of me. Yeah. She, she is, she's not the only contributor, obviously, but it's massive. And yeah. it's our Bible when you're, when you're learning wine. Diploma, yeah, yeah. And, she, and would you refer to that much? 
not as much anymore, but I would refer to, you know, she has this this website, JancesRobinson.com, oh, yeah, that- which is really insightful. It's, it's really up to date. It's all because mm-hmm. the wine world is changing all the time. Trends all are changing time. all the yeah. time. And her stuff is really, really up to date. She's a fascinating character in her own right. I think we mentioned her in, when we said, talked about celebrating women yeah. in wine. She was the first non-trade. She came, she didn't come from the wine industry. I think she studied... A, English and, and, and philosophy or something in Oxford. Maybe it was maths and philosophy. I can't remember. Something anyway like that in Oxford or Cambridge. And then, um, you know, she came into the wine world later on, but she, she was studying wine, not working in the trade. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, she's she's basically, you know, the godmother of the wine world. She's just, yeah, she she's did. unbelievable. Um, yeah, so wine educators. I have another wine educator. I didn't know you were doing wine All right, educator. go on. I have another one. You're more specific um, than I am. Go on, yeah. Uh, so, Maureen Umurka. Umurku. That's what I just said. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so this lady is from Belmullet in County Mayo. The west of Ireland. The west of Ireland. I remember we said the back of beyonds when this is <laughs> beyond the back of beyonds. <laughs> and Belmullet, um, it's basically next stop America. Yeah, it's yeah. so far away. Um, so she is a lady, a lovely, another lovely lady okay. uh, who I met a couple of years ago um, by chance. Um, I don't know how we came across. I can't remember. I was trying to remember. I was trying to talk to her and figure mm-hmm. out how her paths crossed. Yeah. But she was studying the diploma in wine. Right. And this lady, she doesn't mind me saying this, I hope, um, is in her late 70s. Right. And she did the WSET diploma. Later on in life, she runs a B&B in Belmullet. She wanted me to go down there with my whole family because I did a tasting session with her. I organised a little taste and that's how we how you know her. her. And I did like blind taste and she was in my home and we did a little session and things like that. And I kind of got her to come to as many events as, as we could, like coming from Mayo yeah, yeah. and up to Dublin. And I was like, please come and join me. I'll meet, introduce you to all these people and everything. But she is, has nine children. I think she's 20 plus uh, grandchildren. Oh yeah. And uh, she's just amazing. She's such a charismatic, confident woman that has set up Falcha Wine Education in uh, Mayo oh, okay. as well. So she's an educator as well. So she went into learning about wine later in life mm-hmm. and is so passionate about it. And she's just one of these, I'd love to go like hear her stories. Yeah. Imagine her and Liam together. And yeah. Mary. We got a big session going, a bit deadly. <laughs> but she's just, um, she she travels a lot and she um, doesn't like to, she, you know, she just loves, um, she was a home ec teacher, actually. Sorry, that's, she was a home ec teacher and she opened the B&B and she's just, she's just so one of your positive, personal heroes. Positive mm. attitude and just, yes. Good. Love her. Great. So fair play to her. Fair play to her. That's kind of like Elizabeth Fox, who teaches in, in Galway. In Galway yeah, and she one. teaches in hospitality. She teaches the wine modules in, in is it um, NUI Galway? Yeah. And you were down we, there I did a session. Yeah, yeah. I taught her class on the wines of Rueda after her trip. Um, myself and Blanca went down, and she's amazing. She's a, a certified sherry educator, okay. which is one of the reasons I love her. <laughs> <laughs> but she's fantastic. She's really inspiring. She's really. Um, 
she's brilliant with the students and they're really she's so much passion they just buy into anything she says and, and so they should because she's really um, she's a wealth of, of expertise and knowledge behind her and she's fantastic have you any uh, more? well I'm just do you know what I'm going to do I'm I'm going to because there's so many I'm just going to go a li- through a little list I'm going to say a, a, take a couple of words on each one if that's okay, okay just to wrap I, it up because I, I'm, I didn't because I said I'm going to be here for four hours no I, I know said, keep it short and sweet and we can always um come back to these yeah. more heroes. Yeah. Well, look, just continuing in the vein of wine education, mm-hmm. I have to mention Lynn, Lynn Coyle. Don't be throwing your eyes up to heaven. <laughs> so, you know, everyone knows Lynn, I work with Lynn. She's a, she's a master of wine. Thermomix. But I applaud Lynn because even though she, it, Thermomix, did you just slip that in there? <laughs> Not on. allowed, unless there's context, Linda. Okay. Okay. So, um, Lynn, even though she is, a, you know, a, a fantastic, like brilliantly uh, accomplished master of wine, but more in terms of business of wine, she's a legendary uh, in the business. She's a wealth of experience behind her. But um, what people don't realise about Lynn is that she just gives up so much of her time to education and, you know, she asks for nothing in return. It's completely voluntary. I cannot tell you how many MW students she's tutored, how many sessions she's done sort of after hours in the evening time when she comes home from a long day's work and at the weekend she's done boot camps again, voluntary asks for nothing. So I just want to mention Lynn from that perspective she's like incredible wine educator and she's really passionate about it and she believes in paying it forward mm-hmm. which I really admire about her um, other people to mention Raul Perez I love him just love him you know he's making like fantastic wines in, in the regions of Bierzo and you know in Galicia in general Rias Baisas Rivera Sacra um, he's, I have he's, a photograph of him he's actually, fantastic even visually isn't he oh he's brilliant he's got he's a beard just, that's down to his knees almost and he's not too much taller than me really and <laughs> no. he's so cute I love him I mean he's, he's amazing wine he's amazing he's universally considered you know to be one of the world's most visionary winemakers and um, you know, he's okay. He, he his first vintage he produced at the age of twenty two. Wow. I think he was he was doing it working with his family who were winemakers. Um, he's been at the forefront of you know the conversation about about what what's being referred to as the new Spain. You know, this kind of modern wave of winemakers making fresh, brighter, juicier, more approachable, more relevant wines, mm-hmm. um, and using like those great varieties like. Menthia from from Bierzo. Um but he's brilliant and he's really admired and he consults for he consults for tons of wineries. So Raúl Pérez, I wanted to mention, and not related at all, but I wanted to mention Willy Pérez, Bodegas Luis Pérez. I don't expect you to know, You're, but if you look him up, yeah, like he's worth looking up just from from an aesthetic point of view. Blanca thinks he's he's a hunk. <laughs> My laptop. What's his name? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Willy Pérez is um. He's, of course, no surprise, from Jerez. Um, he, he comes from the Perez family. His father, Luis Perez, who the, the, the winery is named oh. after, is a professor of analogy in the University is of Cadiz. Uh, that's him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible, isn't it? Uh, we might have to visit him. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the oh, same. Oh, he was at Madrid Fusion. That's where Blanca He was in Madrid saw. Fusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, what I had... I. I knew of him years back and he's friends with one of the, the winemakers I know in Jerez who's on the programme but he's um, he's fantastic because he's really leading the way for the new style of wines coming out of the Jerez region called Vin, Vino de Pasto which are basically unfortified still wines 
you know, so, you know, Palomino based wines, but they're not going or they're going through limited biological aging or limited oxidative aging against the grain of what sherry is. Um, and making but are, they re- dry, are they dry? Dry. Dry, still wines, um, unfortified. And um, as we know, you know, Hedeth is known for sherries, which are fortified wines. Um, but he's making all sorts of really interesting Palomino based Wines. Remember the the wines you would have tasted with me. This like, is, with, but this is with what I was going to say to you. Somebody asked me for yeah. that particular. What's the name of the one that you got married in? Oh, that's Barbadillo. That's a different winery. Yeah, I know, I know. But, but somebody asked me for that wine. Oh, Recently. the four, oh, the uh, I know the one you had, Sabalo. It was a Palomino still yeah. wine. Yeah, with and four she months said of It was unbelievable. And she fantastic. goes, "Is there something like it?" Like and it, I yeah. Was like, no, it's well, just fabulous. It is, unique, yeah. Like. Well, what what they're trying to do is they want the terroir to be to speak, you know, to 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 be the the focal point of the wine rather than it being a, an aging process, so, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I I really admire that. There's some fantastic vineyard lands around Jerez that are all with you know, Alvariza soil based, which is your chalky soils, your chalky white soils, and Willy Perez is is spearheading that kind of wave of winemakers who are now producing still wines. Um, you know, terroir expressive wines. So I wanted to mention Willie. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she just said Willie and then started laughing. Go on, okay. yeah. Um, so another person who I actually um, didn't realise who he was while he was standing beside me, I was introduced to Pepe and it was Pepe oh, yeah. Mendoza. And yeah. I was like, oh, hello. And I was like, your wines are incredible. And I didn't realise how special this man is. He's a well, his wines are brilliant. They're unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so they're from Alicante and you can get some of them in independent wine stores. Um, he's really trying to, you know, Alicante, people don't really know Alicante for wines. They go there on yeah. holidays. Yeah. Like, so you can definitely pick up some of his in um, independent wine stores. Around 25 euro worth every single cent. Of yeah, they're that. fabulous. The white and the red. Really amazing. complex and mineral and yeah. crisp and yeah, they're really great. Okay. Okay. And look, we could go on and on. I have more on the list, but I think, yeah, you know, draw a line. We'll draw a line there, and we'll we might have to come back to it. Mm-hmm. Right. Your food and wine pairing this week. Guess what it is? Sure. How can I guess? It's a Malbec. Oh, okay. You see, you always do this, and then you you know you put me in a position because. Well, why would you know what I'm? I didn't tell you what I'm eating. Well, no, all but week, you're doing the Malbec because you you covered. Yeah, I know. Paula. Yeah, but you see, I, I don't connect my, you know, I just go with what I had that week. Well, I did. And then I started thinking about it. So All right, that's what, go on. So the Paris Malbec, absolutely gorgeous. 25 euro, independent wine stores. Stunning. What did I have it with? Uh, steak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just <laughs> steak and chips and um, a bit of rocket salad with some parmesan and a balsamic drizzle and simple. That was it. Fried okay. onions and amazing. Um, but the wine on its own. Oh my God. Had, shock horror. It wasn't made using the Thermomix. No, I didn't use the Thermomix. <laughs> Would you believe it? Uh, so anyway, it had this gorgeous dark berry fruit, but an undertone of the minerality that we're talking about from the terroir of the limestone. Um, and just incredible. Lovely. Beautiful. The wine on its own, fab, but with the steak, it just mellowed out both and it was juicy steak and mm, gorgeous. Tell me about your exotic meal, whatever it was. Well, you're uh, such an amazing cook. I haven't cooked for me in ages. Stop. Right. Okay. That's a hint. hint. I know. It's not a very subtle one. Right. (laughs) When? (laughs) Go on. Um, So I mentioned I was in Rioja 
And I have to say, one of the highlights was a visit to Marquesa Murrieta. I loved it. They are such a stunning class act. I always loved Marquesa Murrieta, even before I started working with O'Briens, who are the exclusive importer for Murrieta. I always loved these Rioja wines. They only make reservas or upwards. I mean, they're about growing quality grapes and aging their wines. So they don't have crianzas. They don't have jovens. They only work with uh, reservas. They're aging, they're aging their wines for a minimum of four years. And you, their premises are probably one of the most stunning premises I've ever seen. Really? For a winery. Well, oh, and you've been absolutely to stunning. Oh, wow. just, uh, they're just such a class act. So we had this amazing meal and I won't, like, it was a fabulous meal. It was, it was a long table. There were 40 of us on this trip. And literally there was a long and table you didn't laid put out me in your bag. Thanks. <laughs> it's fabulous. Um, but one of the, the standout pairings was the, the Marquesa Murrieta Rioja Reserva. I can't remember which vintage. I think it was, I can't remember. I think it was the 2009. I don't know. That was the Grand Reserva. Sorry. Well, anyway, I think it could have been the 216. And um, it was served with um, one of the courses was a crispy suckling pig. You know, which is really typical for this part of Spain. The suckling pig, the, the slow cooker, it's almost like um, pork, you know, pork belly. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, yeah. and it's it's like it's it's cooked in its own juices, a little potato fondant, oh, and stop. just savory, succulent, a little bit of sweetness in the in the in the suckling pig. I mean, with that crispy skin, and it just paired really lovely with the the earthy, nutty, savory notes. Um, and dried fruit notes of, of the Rioja. And I think texturally a perfect combo and people forget about texture and yeah, pairing yeah, texture. Yeah. So, you because know, there was some sort of... would have a freshness to the wine though, yeah? Well, and yeah, I mean, these these their vineyard plots are kind of slightly high altitude okay. and they all have freshness, which they need if they're yeah. going to be aging their wines. But um, there was some sort of a smooth puree on the dish and like the succulent pork falling apart. And it just, when you pair that with the silky smooth, velvety texture of the Rioja and it is silky smooth, you know, just fabulous. Um, and I also think this Rioja wine is like a stunner for, perfect one for your for your Christmas. I know we're coming up to Christmas soon. I, I think it's have it brilliant Easter. for Christmas. Easter. With lamb. Easter, Easter with lamb, mm-hmm. yeah. But but brilliant option, you know, the way if if, if, if you don't want to have white with your turkey and you, you favour a red, this Marquesa Murrieta Rioja Reserva is sensational. Um, do, does it come in a magnum? It used to. It does as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they have a white, do they? Do they have a white? Uh, am I completely wrong there? They do. We see they make, they make, um, they have a Rioja Blanco, which is mm-hmm. the Capellana, which is fantastic. That's the one. Yeah. Sorry, oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's no, that's sensational. It. So people who like burgundy wines may oh, like that. Yeah. When I tasted this, I said, turned to Lynn and I said, if I was in a blind taste, I could easily mm-hmm. mistake this for a top class burgundy. Yeah. No, no, no. That was sensational. Now, it's and expensive also, enough, but it's worth it. Yeah. And they all. wise. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. Me, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, you're full of the subtle hints today. Okay, on that note, cheers next time. Yeah, cheers. So what do you think? We do these podcasts because we want you, our listeners, to know what's going on in the world of wine and be informed when it comes to your wine buying decisions. We always love hearing from you. So let us know your thoughts on Instagram and Twitter. Sign up for our newsletter. And if you haven't subscribed to Wine, the long and the short of it yet, make sure you do that wherever you get your podcasts or reach out to us by email at ourwinepodcast at gmail.com Until next time I'm Antonia Dominguez and I'm Linda Coogan Cheers Cheers Cheers. 
You have been listening to Wine, the Long and the Short of It with me, Antonia Dominguez. And me, Linda Coogan, in proud partnership with Give Wine a Future.